Greetings and felicitations. You're listening to the Chairline Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur, and please forgive me tonight if I sound a little strange. I am battling a toothache right now. Uh, ooh. I get close to that back molar, and man, it's a pain fest. Well, let me go back up a little bit, and we'll start at the beginning. This all started for me yesterday. Uh, I got my mom a birthday dinner. It was her choice, my treat. She was in the mood for a chicken fried steak. Turns out the Little Red Barn is open for dining and takeout, so I placed an order because I've been hankering for a steak. And little did I know that steak was going to change my life 24 hours later. So... I ordered, I normally order a chicken fried steak because, you know, it's a pretty simple piece of cut of, of meat and uh, the gravy and the fries and the, all that stuff. So, yeah. I ordered a T bone steak, uh, medium, and we sat down to eat. And I cut a piece of the steak. Now, it was okay. I've had better steaks. Uh, I was at a place called Texas Land and Cattle. Those are Little Red Barn. It's a good steak, but it wasn't seasoned at all. No salt, no pepper. It was just thrown on the grill and cooked and put on the plate. So, okay, fine. So I'm cutting the steak up and I'm eating it. It's not bad, like I said. You know, at that point, at that point in time, it was pretty good. Uh... So I cut a piece, and as I'm cutting the knife through the through the steak, there was a piece that was very tough. Well, it was a piece of gristle. And for those of you that don't know what gristle is, it's a very, very hard piece of fat. It's not bone. It's just a very hard piece of fat. And it's almost like bone, especially if you bite into it. If you've bitten into gristle, you know what I'm talking about. There are some people that like to eat the gristle. I'm not one of them. So I put the the little the slice of steak in my mouth and I start to chew. The gristle makes it to the back of my mouth where it made contact with the molar and I bit down. Oh my God, it was the strongest shot of pain through my mouth. I stopped chewing and without causing a scene, I just worked that piece back to my mouth, to my lips, and I spit it out. But after that, man, that tooth was just aching. So now I have to eat the rest of my meal on the right side of my mouth. This is happening on the left side. The very back tooth on the bottom, molar. So, uh, it's bothering me and it's bothering me. So I go and I'm getting ready for the next day and it's still bothering me. So I've been taking Tylenol and it helps, but it's not an answer. Today I went to clinic and it was bothering me, and uh, I couldn't. I just didn't. I didn't want to deal with the pain anymore. It's, it was pain enough, so I got home from clinic. Uh, I called a dentist, the dentist that I went to that pulled my last tooth, and I'm talking to the receptionist. I said I really, really need to see a dentist today. I'm in a lot of pain. We don't have any openings right now. Oh my God. I said, when is, when is the earliest you can, you can see me? Monday at 9? I said, I can't do Monday at 9. I have dialysis. I don't get out till 
we have an opening at one. So all of a sudden she had a lot of openings on Monday, but she didn't have none today. Okay, I understand it's the beginning of the month, and people like to make their appointments. So anyway, I said, oh, give me Monday at one. So now I got to live with this pain for the entire weekend. It's not. It's not gonna be fun. So I get off the phone and I'm like, I call her back because I thought about it and I was like, Hey, uh, and I think I said her name was Samantha. And I said, Samantha, this is so and so. I just called you. I just talked to you. Can you do me a favor? If there are any cancellations for today, please let me know. Write my name down because I, if I can see a dentist today, that would be even better than waiting till Monday because I'm in a lot of pain. Okay, so that was the end of it. So I sit here waiting. Normally, I would go. I would have gone to sleep after clinic, you know, get get uh, get my nap. But I can't because I don't know if they're going to call me or not. So I'm up, and I'm up, and I'm up. By the time I know five o'clock rolls around, I'm like they're not going to call. Nobody canceled, I guess. So now I got to live with this for the next forty-eight hours. So actually, forty-eight, fifty-eight, sixty hours. And uh, it's not going to be fun. So it's uh, 8.30 right now on Friday evening. It's uh, the Tylenol's wearing off. And I have some old painkillers from by the last time when they pulled my tooth. I have some Tylenol 3 with coating. But it, it constipates me. So I may, I think I have some Tramadol. Which is very good. It works. I like I like the travel. It puts me to sleep and it knocks me out. So I'm going to see if I have any of those left. And I'm going to see if I can at least get through the night. Because tomorrow I can deal with the pain during the day with just Tylenol. But at night I have to have something to sleep. Otherwise I'm going to be up all weekend. And you don't want me cranky on a Monday. I'm already cranky. So... Uh... What happened? I don't know. I have no earthly idea. I don't know if I cracked the tooth. I don't know if I pushed down on the tooth a little too hard when I when I bit down. And I guess that would be an impacted tooth. I don't know. Um, there's not much swelling going on right there yet. I mean, it's still early. And, you know, for all I know, by Sunday, I could be swollen up like a pumpkin. So... I'm dealing with this as best I can. Hopefully I have some tramadol and I can sleep. Um, so yeah, I really, I'm really not sure. I don't know. Maybe I think also maybe I could have cracked the filling and it's really loose. Because when I brush my teeth, when that toothbrush hits that tooth, ooh, my God, it's just shooting pain. So I have to brush it really quick and then move on. But yeah, if, even if I touch the sides with a toothbrush... There's a lot of pain, so I don't know what's going on with that tooth. I don't know what I did, but I did something. I did a number on it, so this is uh, what I've been dealing with all day. I'm going to deal, deal with it tomorrow and all day Sunday until I can get to the dentist on Monday. And uh, it's so weird because uh, I was driving down Fair Avenue the other day with my dentist's office. I drove by his office and I said, ah, there you are. And I don't know if that's karma or what, but, uh, yeah, I had no idea that was going to happen, but, uh, it did. So I've got to deal with this and move on, move forward. It hurts. 
believe you me, if you've ever had a, a, a toothache or a cracked tooth or a chipped tooth, it hurts. It's just the nerves in your mouth are much, much more sensitive than, unless you like has the shingles, because I hear, hear the shingles is very, very powerful. Uh, so, yeah, I got this whole tooth thing, and, uh, well, once I can get it done, I can move forward. Right now, I'm just, I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm very numb right now. Mm. I wish I had some weed. Oh. So, how's your Friday? Mine is very painful. Um, and it's just, today's just been a whole comedy of errors. Oh, my God. So, I'm sitting at home. I said, you know what? I'm going to get on that website. I'm going to try and get uh, get on and get my Texas Medicaid rolling. Because i got to get on that before I can get insured with by, by my insurance company. And so, I get on the website... And it's not working. It won't work for me. It keeps give, throwing me this, throwing me back to the same spot, and I'm really getting frustrated. Besides the pain in my mouth, so I break down and I call two one one, Texas Health and Human Services. So they, I get through all the, the telephone prompts, and then I finally get. You will talk to a live representative. You're 51 in line. And your estimated wait time is 51 minutes. I'm like, great. So I was on hold, not for 51 minutes. I was on hold for about 37, 38 minutes, something like that. I do time it. So I got a really sweet girl that was very helpful. She looked up my account. She found it and gave me all the stuff I needed to change the password because that's what was screwing me up. I kept entering it wrong because I didn't remember what it was, so... So now I got into the system and she goes, just change your password, follow the prompts and you'll, you'll find out where you need to go to get Texas Medicaid. I said, okay. So I hung up the phone with her. It's 3.30 in the afternoon. So I go back into the system and I'm trying to change my password. Then it gives me the error message that my username and password are incorrect. Oh my God. I went over and over this three, four, five times on this system. After a while, I just gave up, and I said, to hell with it. I'll try again fresh, maybe tomorrow. I'm just, so that happened. Uh, uh, just too many things. I don't really want to go into some of the things that happened to me today. I just, it was just, a, today was a horrible day for me. So I hope your day was better. Uh, but this is a day in the life of being me. I'm not saying your life is easy because I'm not walking in your shoes, but I'm sure if I walked in your shoes, you'd say, let me, I can show you a thing or two there, Ben. Come and put my shoes on. And you know what? I've walked in a lot of your shoes before. So I've, I've done a lot. I've seen a lot and I've experienced a lot. So I can't say I've, I've uh, suffered or experienced everything, but I've suffered a lot. So... All right. Well, that's enough about my day. You are listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thanks for listening. Stick around. I got more stuff to come. Hopefully I'll have the tooth fixed by then. Ah, stick around.
And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host. I'm a very exhausted Ben-Hur. And let me just tell you why. Well, uh, last Thursday, uh, celebrating my mom's birthday, we ate out. Of course, takeout because it's COVID, you know. So I went to one of our favorite little steakhouses, Little Red Barn. I got my mom and my dad, because that's what they wanted, was a chicken fried steak. I almost went that way, but I've been jonesing for a real steak, a T-bone. So I got one. Little did I know that was a $1,500 T-bone. Yeah, and it wasn't that great. That's the injury to the insult. Or insult to injury, I forget how that goes. Anyway, so... I'm eating my T-bone, which was done cooked medium. Mm, wasn't very well seasoned. I kept having to add salt, so I'm taking a bite, and there was a piece of gristle on the uh, on the end of the steak. And in the process of chewing, I kicked that piece of gristle back to the back of my mouth, and it landed on my back. Uh, what is this? Your second molar or your first molar? The second to the last tooth. And as I bent down, I felt a big twinge of pressure on that tooth. And then a big bolt of lightning just shot right through my jaw. So I quietly spit the piece of gristle out. And for the rest of the night, my jaw is aching. My tooth is aching. So Thursday goes into Friday. I go to clinic. My jaw is still hurting. My tooth is still throbbing. And Tylenol's not doing anything. So when I got home, I whipped out a, a bottle of uh, Tramadol, which was left over from my gallbladder surgery back in March. And I took one of those. Ooh, man, did that work. It numbed the pain. And so Friday into Saturday, I took another Tramadol. And the, the pain was almost down to bearable. So then Sunday, it didn't feel that bad. I was able to bite down rather normally. It still was still pain. So I was just relying on Tylenol to carry me over. And, uh, well, here's the thing. On Friday, I called my dentist because I needed to see somebody because I needed to get this fixed. Because I, I seriously think I broke the tooth. So the soonest opening they had was Monday at 1. So I took it, but with the expressed condition that if there were any consolations on Friday, excuse me, that I would take it. There were none. So I go to clinic today. I come home. I don't have time to take my normal nap, so I sit around getting little errands done until 1 o'clock when I go to the dentist. They get me in. Uh get me in the chair and start the x-ray procedure all that then the dentist comes in and tells me that my tooth is broken straight down the middle that piece of gristle did a number on that tooth it loosened the filling and the tooth was cracked but the dentist said to no avail we can save that tooth we're going to put a, well, we'll clean it out put a crown on it okay how much is that going to run me so they send the girls to go calculate the cost. Comes back one thousand five hundred and five dollars. 
fortunately, I had a little bit of a windfall uh, last week from uh, Social Security. And I had money in the bank, and I said, let's do it. So the dentist proceeded to numb my mouth. Uh, once the check cleared, so to speak, and started drilling. And as he's drilling, I'm, he tells me to breathe through my nose, you know, because they don't want you breathing through your mouth because you're going to swallow bits of tooth. And that's when I remember that tooth is basically packed in hair. Because as, as he's drilling, I can smell burning hair. Those are my teeth. Because then there were bits of tooth flying everywhere. Because when I, when I took a break and they had me swish my mouth out, there was tooth embedded on the other side of my mouth. So so he's drilling, he's drilling, he's drilling. He's making, you know, he's even everything out. He's getting all the old filling out because it's got to go. Uh, so finally he has a tooth exactly the way he wants it. They come and they take pictures so they can fit the, the crown, which is amazing to me. Because it used to be there was a time when a crown would take you two to three weeks. Because they would have to take an imprint, imprint of the mouth of the tooth, and you know how fun that was when they stuff your mouth with cement to take a cast to make your your crown so it would fit. Then they would get it. They had to come in. They had to fit it. If it didn't fit, they had to send it back and start the whole process over again. This time, most dentists have the machine in the office where they can make they can do a 3D rendering of the tooth right there on the spot fit it and if it works then they bake it so that way it stays and then they put it in the mouth that's what they were doing to me so it's their as they're taking uh, as I'm waiting for the 3D printer to make the make the crown as I bite down I still have pain in the back of my mouth and I thought you know well, I'm pretty numbed up why is it what I, so I told the technician I still have pain and so she got the doctor Sure enough, he's looking at that back wisdom tooth. And he goes, Let's look at your pictures again, because they take pictures of everything. So they're looking at my they're looking at that picture. And he goes, I think I see what's wrong. And he looks at the picture and then he goes and he pokes around in my mouth. He goes, That tooth is also cracked. I cracked two teeth that day. So he goes, What we're gonna have to do is pull that tooth. We gotta do the extraction because that way the crown will fit better. I said, well, then let's do it. He goes, not to worry. It's not going to be any extra charge. It's all included. So he numbs up the back of my jaw. And uh, comes in with the extractors. Pulls the tooth. Yeah, I start to bleed, but I clot pretty fast. So, so now the tooth or the crown fits. Now they go to bake it. And uh, they scrape off any excess uh, filling on the old tooth, come in, put the cement, slap the new crown on, and I was good to go. So, it's uh, Monday night right now. It's about 8.30. I'm exhausted. My head's throbbing. My jaw's throbbing. I'm on tramadol right now because I didn't want to take the the Tylenol 3 because codeine constipates me. And uh, for me, constipation is not a good thing. So, I'll probably feel better tomorrow. It's just right now everything's swollen, everything's sore. My jaw is sore from having it open so much. 
And uh, I do have to commend the dentist, Dr. Will at Hernandez Dental, did a very, very fine job, along with his technician, Logan. Uh, they do good work there. I like them. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with them. So anyway, as I reflect, uh, that steak cost me 1500 bucks. I've never had a $1,500 steak that was that bad. Uh, my brother-in-law once ate at a Texas Land and Cattle, which I don't think exists anymore, and that was a pretty damn good steak. They seasoned it as they cooked it. They brought it to you exactly the way you ordered it, and then they put a big old bottle of A1 steak sauce right in front of you. I was out of steak sauce. That was Maybe that was the major malfunction. But uh, watch out for the gristle, people. Cut it off. Cut all the fat off. Just eat the meat. You don't need save save the grizzle for your dog. They they don't chew it anyway. They just swallow. But anyway, that day my dog had a pretty good treat because I gave him the bone that was left over and he loved it. His teeth are pretty good. Mine are not. So uh so now I'm on a daily antibiotic, my tramadol, and uh, maybe if I get a good night's rest tonight I'll feel better in the morning. But uh, anyway, this is more of a reminder to take care of your health. Not just your physical well-being, but also your dental well-being. That means brush your teeth in the mornings, brush your teeth at night before you go to bed. Floss your teeth at least once a day. Get all that crap from out between them because that's going to fester and stink stink up your breath. And uh, your mouth will be better off for it. Your teeth will last a lot longer. My teeth are already compromised because of dialysis, sucks the calcium out of them, and uh, even though they put a lot of the calcium back in me, it really doesn't help because the machine sucks it right back out. So, teeth are fixed for now. I still have a long way to go. I have a lot of other work. I, I have another tooth that broke off a long time ago that I need to have removed. So they're going to have to numb that side, cut the gum open, to drill into the roots and put their, their tool in there and then pull it out pull out what's left there's really nothing left of the tooth but the roots so then the rest of the the rest that's all I gotta worry about is just cleaning so oh no I have no 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 the tooth they pulled was the one that was cracked so that's gone I don't have to worry about that crown and uh, that's that so thanks for listening stick around you're listening to the Chairland Chronicles I'm not dead yet Stick around, there's more stuff to come. All right. Welcome back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. The music you hear in the background is right now from Van Halen. We recently lost a member of the band, the guitarist Edward Van Halen. He died of throat cancer, of which he was battling for years and years. I thought he had beat it but I guess it got the better of him. So now we've lost another talent. 
I first learned about Van Halen in 1978, right when I graduated from high school. Uh, when I was stationed in New London, Connecticut, a friend of mine, Rich Jakubizak, and I used to hang out. And we would leave the bass every day in his car. And we would put the tape in the first album by Van Halen. And we would listen to Running With The Devil and Eruption. And You Really Got Me. And we would get stoned as we drove along the Connecticut countryside. Enjoying that high. And enjoying the music. Eddie Van Halen did something that was called fretting. It was very new to us. We had no idea what it was. And, uh, well, it was just a new form of music and we loved it. And all the old people hated it because it was something different. And so we went on. Van Halen went on to gain great notoriety. And if you know anything about Eddie Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen was a virtuoso on the guitar. He did something called fretting, as I mentioned earlier, which was something that we had never... It wasn't a new technique. It was something old, but it was something that he brought to the forefront and instituted as a new type of... of a new addition to rock and roll, and it was awesome. So I remember, man, me and Rich used to cruise all the time, getting high. As soon as we get off work, we'd go flip up, flip up a joint and take off and hit the road. And uh, just cruise. And uh, enjoy the music. And of course, you know, Van Halen would go on. Many people know the story. They would there would be a falling out with David Lee Roth. Then there was another guitar. There was another singer that they hired. He didn't last but a year, maybe if at all. And then came Sammy Hagar. And uh, Sammy Hagar brought a, brought a new rhythm, edge of rhythm to Van Halen. Although they did have their problems off stage as well as on but still the music was fantastic even even the old music was good you know it just brings back I don't know very good memories and now he's gone like I said there was not an instrument that Eddie could not play and be good at uh, on most of the albums he was featured on guitar keyboards uh, but he played a, a, a variety of instruments. His father was an, uh, in an orchestra. His father was very musically oriented. And he taught his children about music. And Eddie couldn't read a lick of music, but he could play it like you would know. But he was, he was a virtual Mozart on a guitar. His brother Alex would be a percussionist. They're very good on the drums, too. Uh, Alex was no slouch. Alex was just as good as his brother. But Eddie was the featured person in, in the band Van Halen. And now he's gone. And uh, somebody will come along. There'll be another. There always is. Because this is the way the world works. And so... And so that's the way it'll go. And, and he joins all the great ones, Elvis... John Lennon, uh, Chubby Checkered, Fats Domino, 
Little Richard, Prince, Michael Jackson. Everybody knows Eddie Van Halen. And of course, everybody knows that he was married to Valerie Bertinelli because I was in love with her. And they have a couple of kids. One, his, one of his son, Wolfgang, was also, is also a guitarist and also played and went on tour with Van Halen quite often. So, Eddie, this is for you, and we'll miss you. Rock on. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Stick around. We got more coming on the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for listening. You're listening to my podcast on Anchor Radio. We're also available on Overcast, Spotify, and Apple I, and Apple Podcasts. So whenever you can find my podcast, you want to listen to something different, well, by all means, drop me a line and take a listen. Hope you'll enjoy it. Well, I think what I'm going to talk about now, today is Thursday, so it's kind of a throwback Thursday. I think I'm kind of getting into that routine. I'm going to go back to 1979, and uh, it's one of my favorite songs. Actually, that song is from the movie uh, Reservoir Dogs. Very good movie. I love that movie. And uh, that song takes me back to the 60s, which is actually when it came out. Um, But I'm going to talk about 1979. 1979, I was a young man. I was 19 years old, well, probably 18 years old, and assigned to the USS... Greenland, stationed out of New London, Connecticut, and uh, one of my duties, I was a sonar technician on that submarine, it was a fast attack submarine, it was a hunter killer, and this was when I took my first overseas jaunt. There was another submarine, uh, I think it was the USS Grayling, I'm not too sure, but I think that was because they wanted the same class ship, and the Greenling was a permit class submarine. Uh, permit class uh, was the old 594 class. Uh, in that class ship, you might remember there was a USS Thresher. The USS Thresher sank in 1968 with all hands and a lot of shipyard personnel when she had an accident on board uh, because back in those days there was a, it was like uh, do you remember the old space the old space program the Apollo series Apollo 1 caught fire and killed three astronauts on the launch pad because they had what was called go fever 
And they were just in such a hurry to beat the Russians to the moon. And Apollo 1 needed to be up in space. And so they rushed a lot of things, and a lot of things went by uh, unchecked. And the same thing kind of happened to the USS Thresher. Uh, Thresher went down because at some point on a deep dive, uh, there was water somehow got into her high-pressure airlines. The high-pressure air caused the water to freeze. The frozen pipe burst, which resulted in a loss of surface control on the submarine, and basically she kept diving. And she could not come up. She could not recover. So basically, she just she was uh, she was at a full speed run, and she was going to the bottom of the ocean. And I don't think she ever reached it because what probably happened is that about two to twenty five hundred feet, she imploded, killing everybody aboard. Well, I was on the same class ship, and what happened there? They came up with an with a, with a thing called subsafe where they double and triple checked every system, every hydraulic line, every high-pressure air line to make sure there were no impurities of any kind in the lines other than what should have been in there, which was high-pressure air, low-pressure air, or hydraulic fluid. So, after that, the submarines became a lot safer. Where is the USS Thresher now? Well, she's still sitting at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. She's about 350 kilometers off the coast of Boston, Massachusetts. And it's a tomb for her and her 120 crew and shipyard personnel. Uh, they found the ship. It's scattered all over the ocean because it was a quick and horrible death for her, for her crew. And I'm glad it happened fast. I almost had the same thing happen to me. Uh, she was one of the. She was the second ship we lost. We lost the first with the USS Scorpion back in '63. Now Scorpion was different. Scorpion, they think, was actually sunk by a Russian submarine. She took, she took a Russian torpedo to her bow, although they think they said that one of her torpedoes went off in the bow and caused the, the ship to sink. Uh, but the USS Scorpion is somewhere off the coast of the Azores in the, in the open Atlantic Ocean. And once again, she's also scattered all over the bottom of the ocean. So anyway, I was on the USS Greenling, and we were on my first foray to a foreign country. Uh, we were going to relieve the USS Grayling that had problems, and we had to travel to the southernmost coast of uh, Uruguay to re relieve her on the Unitas run. She managed to do the West Coast tour, but she broke down, so we went and relieved her to do the East Coast tour, which took us from Uruguay to Argentina to, to uh, Brazil, and then back up to uh, Connecticut. So, it was my first time in a foreign country. That was my first foray. Uh, in Uruguay, we stopped in a place called Punta del Este, which was the very southernmost port on uh, the coast of Uruguay, and had a fun time there. One thing I did notice that in Uruguay and in Argentina, there are we know where most of the Nazis fled and set up shop because there's a lot of Nazis in South America. Remember the movie Boys Are From Brazil? Yeah, there are a lot of ex-Nazis there. Uh, we went to a restaurant called uh, House on Platz. House on the Plaza. Yeah, it was a German name. And the proprietor loved us. He loved the military. And I found out why. 
because the guy was serving our dinner, and he just loved. He he said, "I love Americans," you know, in that perfect German accent, uh, that that perfect broken English. And as he's serving us, I noticed that the sleeve on his shirt had ridden up, and right there on his right wrist was a big swastika with the death death heads and skull, the skull and crossbones death head right underneath it. This guy was a former SS officer. I just knew from looking at the tattoo, and he saw me looking at it, and he looked at me, and he covered it right up. And I was like, I told my buddy, I said, this dude's a friggin' Nazi, man. So we were just playing it cool. I said, okay, that's fine. I have a picture of him with us somewhere, and I think I have a menu from his restaurant. But the house on plots, that was a fun place. Then we went to Montevideo, Uruguay, which was the capital. Um, had fun there. I was there, partied with a couple of hookers. Ended up sleeping with one of them. I didn't pay for it. My friend did. That was a fun night. Then we went to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Rio was a trip. We went... It was right after Mardi Gras. Or, fi- or, or festival. Carnival. It's more like it. Anyway, we had a good time there. Um, we went to, of course, the uh, Sugarloaf Mountain, where the big statue of Christ is, of the Christ. And after we did the tour of the mountain and we took the sky ride back and forth, we're sitting at, on this, uh, this is a patio and we're, we were going to have a couple of beers, but we decided to drink Coke instead because it was, it was really hot. We wanted to cool off. We didn't really want to put alcohol in our system, so we're drinking Coke. We ordered these little Cokes. So we're all drinking the Cokes. And we realized after the first Coke, we were all giddy. We were high. And then one of my buddies was reading the Coke bottle, and it said on the ingredients, Coca. The Coke was made with the old Coca-Cola recipe, which included cocaine. So the old recipe was still being made in in Brazil. They still make Coke the old-fashioned way with real coca leaves. Why do you think they call it Coca-Cola? Because it was made from coca leaves. Blow, blew our minds. So needless to say, we kind of kept that to ourselves, and we let on to a few other people. So... The typical, the chiefs were doing their typical thing. They were bringing back bottles of liquor, you know, all the all the all the fan, liquor that you couldn't get in the United States. They were bringing back on board, but the crew, the rest of us, were bringing cases of Coca-Cola back, and they couldn't figure out why. Everybody brought back about five cases of Coke. We had Coke sta- stuffed in our bed in our bed rolls. We had it stuffed in space, spa- open spaces, spaces where we stored gear anywhere we could. We stuffed Coke, Coca-Cola, people, Coke. It's the real thing. Well, it was back in, in Brazil. I think they still make it with the old coca leaves, but not here in the United States. That's illegal. So I remember that was a good time, man. When we came back to the United States, whoo, we had a party, and all we, it was a Coke party, a literal Coca-Cola party, because nobody had any drugs. We had Coke. The real thing is what I'm talking about. That was a blast. Oh, my God. So from Rio de Janeiro, we were there for a week. And then we went up to a place called Recife, Brazil. And uh, that was kind of a shithole. There wasn't much fun there. Um, 
and then we came back to New London, and that was that was actually my first foray. And then there would be other places, Rome, France, Russia, uh, but that's another story for another time. But that was my trip, my Unitas run, my first foray to South America. It was fun. It was very different. Watch out for the Nazis if you go yourself. Uh, Argentina and Uruguay are loaded with ex-Nazis. Do you remember the movie uh, X-Men, was it United? Or the, or the first one where they go back in time to when they were younger? Um, the one, of the, one of the X-Men went to South America looking for the, the man that killed his mother because there's a lot of, he found a lot, he found the den of Nazism down there. So, oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot of still ex-Nazis. It's, I'm probably sure they've indoctrinated a lot of other people into the world of the Nazi. So, Nazis are alive and well, I can tell you that much, I know for sure. All right. So, I hope you've enjoyed my flashback. And let me get this cranking again. Okay, I guess it's not going to work. So, all right. Well, that's it for this episode, I guess. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, give me your feedback. Hit, drop me a line. I'm at, I'm at, you can email me at C-R-A-C-K-E-D-G-L-A-S-S-6-0 at Yahoo. Cracked Glass 60 at Yahoo. Tell me what you think. Or if you see me on Facebook and you, and you were Facebook friends, drop me a line. Tell me what you think of the show how I can improve it, and we'll go from there. And once again, as always, I'm going to give you my customary ending. Live your life as if it's your last day on earth always, and do it with a smile on your face. Live your life. Let other people live theirs. Quit trying to control people. Control yourself. Take care of yourself. Live in your world. Laugh at yourself and everything around you. I'm not saying life's a joke, but you got to laugh at it because it's ultimately going to kill you. And by all means, love. Love yourself. Love others as you would love yourself. And do the best you can in this world. It's not an easy place to be sometimes, but we can make it, we can make it a better place if we just try to smile and make things easier for other people and just go from there. Life doesn't have to be a bitch. We make it so. So, thank you for listening. And as always, these are the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. See and see you next time. And we are signing off.